You're listening to the Crowdfunding Nerds Podcast, a podcast that will help you succeed before, during, and after your crowdfunding event. And now, here is your host, Andrew Lowen. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. I am your host, Andrew Lowen, and I am joined, as always, by Sean and Rick. And yay, we're joined by Rick. Yay. Whoop, whoop. whoop. Rick is in the house. (laughs) The wizard has magically returned to his wizardly castle. To talk to you guys back. about magical secrets that aren't really magical or secrets because we tell we tell all in this podcast. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad to be back. I wanted to introduce today's topic because it was something that just kind of struck a chord with me. I feel very out of balance this week in regard to life and, you know, for on a number of different levels. And I thought, wouldn't it be nice to talk about balance again, which we did talk about work-life balance with with Chip Cole. Episode 16. Yeah, long time ago. I mean, this is almost two years ago that we talked to, uh, to Chip about this. And, uh, or maybe it's more than two years ago. Oh my goodness. It's been two and a half almost. In fact, we've hit our 50,000 listener mark as we are wake- making our way uh, through the uh, podcast sphere. sphere. Wow. Now I'm just now I'm just making up words. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, in the um, in the podcast overse, we have hit fifty thousand downloads. Thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate you guys. You all have been so awesome in the crowdfunding nurse community. Outside of that, just sharing with us and and listening, and you know, many of you guys who have listened also have um, hired us, and we've been able to work with you directly, and that's been so fun. The topic at hand is balance, and in, I'd like to take it from a little bit of a of a different angle rather than how do you maintain balance in work and life or, you know, between work and life, how do you, you know, when your schedule is busy, what about when, when it just, your life is out of balance, what causes your life to go out of balance? How do you get back into balance? What does balance truly mean? And we're going to talk about some, maybe some science-based discussion and some theoretical discussion, but absolutely as always first person experience, you know, case studies, that, uh, that we have actual experience in, aka our own lives, we'll be reviewing as well. So when we say work-life balance or balance in general, what would how would you define that for our listeners, John? I would define it as a system that allows you to continue without failure. So if you are put too much emphasis on a certain area of your life, it could be work, for example, well, then the negatives of that might start impacting your family life or your close relationships. Uh, likewise, you flip that and you put it on family life and and on relationships, and it can start impacting your business, which would then impact your family life and vice versa. So it, I, I kind of feel it's like a, um, like a role-playing game, you know, when you level up and you get talent points, and you can only invest those talent points in one area, and by saying yes to something, you are, in fact, saying no to two other options, and this is how most of them work. So you kind of have to pick a tree and kind of maximize that and then find people around you like a party who can then fill in your weaknesses. Uh, so life is very, very similar to a role-playing game. Um, so this is why partnering with marketing agencies is a great idea because they can fill in that gap whilst you're leveling up your, I don't know, organic marketing skills or your, you know, fulfillment skills, the marketing agency jumps in and we have hopefully yeah. our marketing um, skill tree maxed <laughs> mm-hmm. and we can step in and be your, your DPS marketing back up yeah. while you tank the rest of the doesn't doesn't your business card we're like a out? hireling from diablo you know <laughs> yeah. I, I know i know this is a an audio podcast but if you guys get a chance it's on our it's on our uh, facebook group but uh 
Sean got some really cool nifty uh, new business cards that he used at a convention and uh, they, they look, they look phenomenal. They're like uh, uh, magic, the gathering cards and it's got his little profile and his power up abilities and it foiled. <laughs> oh man, I'm getting mine designed too. I can't wait. I can't, I, I got the concept earlier and it's been fun, but I know you guys talked about, you know, said, uh, you know, Sean, how, you know, work, you know, balancing work and stuff, but um, you know, from my personal experience, I think it's more about balancing rest, not just work. And let me give you a true life upcoming example here next week. And then also in a couple of weeks after that, I will be on what work considers a vacation. I will be off for one week next week, and then I'll be off another week when Comic-Con starts. And so this next week I am off because my uh, future in-laws are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary and they wanted to go all big. And so I'm traveling to a different city and town um, to do these things. However, it's not really a vacation for me because I also have chores and tasks I have to do. Plus, there's <laughs> a lot of money involved in traveling and setting up these accommodations and whatnot. And I have to blow up balloons and put up. The- so even though I'm taking the time off from work, I'm really not resting. and It's not good. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, upcoming in a couple more weeks after that is the infamous San Diego International Comic Con Convention. And that is that wears you out because that's like all day, you know, from morning to how late you want to party. It's it's crazy and mm-hmm. it's really crowded. It's really packed. Um, it takes you like 45 minutes to get from one end of the hall to the other just walking without stopping because it's so crowded. You just you just can't move. Mm-hmm. And that's a very stressful environment for me because it's just it's just too crowded. So even though I'm taking these times off, I'm really <laughs> the stress oh, is man. not going to go away and there's no rest involved. So mm-hmm. I know I'm not balancing my my life right now. Vacation from my vacation is how I feel. Um, July 8th through the 16th, I'm on I'm on a vacation to we're going to go to Kentucky. We've got the, the Ark Encounter and then we're going to go to Tennessee and visit Dollywood, which is oh, I, awesome. that's on my it's on my wish list. I love that place. Yeah, my my parents suggested it and we're like, all right, why not? You know, I have six children and it is going to be a lot of work, a lot of work every day. So um, always when we get home from a vacation like that, it's like I need a nap <laughs> every day for the next Drop them off at your parents and then have a nice uh, trip without them. <laughs> Let's, well, the, see, the thing is my parents are coming too, which is oh, kind of nice. Get the whole thing. <laughs> because we'll have a couple of dates probably, which is going to be great. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so it's just, it is, it's just so much work. So when yeah. life throws you out of balance, I feel like as a large family, any, so I can do like one thing per week that's not work or, you know, family related, you know, maybe have friends over for a board game night or whatever, but I have to plan in advance. And the, uh, if anything else it, like gets in the way, something crops up that is necessary to do, or that is a really great opportunity or whatever. I, my month is destroyed. Like if I have two things to do in a week, it takes like a month to recover. It feels like, you know, the, it, the, it's just, my life has such a delicate balance that I feel so, so busy that, um, you know, in, in regard to managing, you know, next level web and, you know, trying to make sure that, that everything runs or that any fires are put out uh, on that front, then deliverance right now where, uh, we finished manufacturing and we're getting the game on boats and making sure that they're all on boats to the various regions uh, without any issues. And then on top of that, you know, we, I have jujitsu, which I'm very passionate about and game design, which is, is an important piece. And then the family as well. I try to make those things, you know, and friends and 
other interaction with humans, all of that has to come after the main, very, very important things. But sometimes they find ways to get in there or maybe work requires, you know, I had to do a meeting at 8 p.m. last night because that was the only time that a prospective client uh, was able to meet to see if they were wanted to hire us or not, you know? And so certain things like that are necessary, but man, sometimes it can throw off. And uh, so I took on another thing this week. We're doing our vacation Bible school. Like I'm, I'm teaching the older kids at our church. And that commitment is a couple hours every morning for the, for this whole week. And it's caused me to just, my life is not in balance right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's like, how do I get back into balance? And, you know, I, I feel like the answer sometimes is that, you know, in the short term, maybe you can't. And like, for me, I just absolutely cannot like with this vacation Bible school thing, there is no way that I'm going to be able to do all the things that I quote unquote need to do this week. I'm going to have to let things, you know, simmer on the back burner in order to just make it through life because there's not enough time in the day to do all the things that need doing. In a sense, I kind of almost have to allow for failure or maybe for like disappointment in certain areas of life to make room for things that have a higher priority. Sometimes that means the family suffers. Other times that means like right now, the cleanliness of my house is suffering <laughs> because mm-hmm. I ain't got time to clean. You know, I just want to lay down or whatever. Right. I don't know. What do you guys think about just things that make your life impossible to balance? Well, I think there's, there's a time for everything. And when you understand that you can sort of bear difficult times knowing that they will eventually ease. So there's a time to work and there's a time to rest. There's a time to plant and time to harvest. So I think when you have that perspective that this is temporary, you can kind of push through it. And, and I think if, if you've set those boundaries with family and even with maybe colleagues, even at work, and there's, there's sometimes where it feels like it's feast or famine, everything just kind of blows up at once, at once. And then there's other times where it's quite quiet and, you know, we're able to then take on other responsibilities and do things that we need to get done. So it's sort of being flexible and essentially something we're trying to do internally is have different work responsibilities defined at different stages of our company. So when we are super busy, our responsibilities narrow so that we can be as as productive as possible. But when we're a bit quieter, our responsibilities widen so that we can get to that stage where we're super busy. We need to bring in more leads or maybe we can work on things which are important, but aren't urgent. And so I think having those boundaries and understanding that there is ebbs and flows in life and just setting up processes that you can account for them because they are going they are going to come in your life. So having a plan and being scheduled because I find that if you don't schedule something as you know Richard as you said scheduling rest it's just as important as scheduling work and and really separating those out. When you're working, you're working. When you're resting, you're resting, and you don't overlap those. Um, I think it's really gonna, it just really helps you being focused and being disciplined and getting things done. So I think it's it's a little each day, it's chipping away, and it's these implementing these systems that can foresee times of great stress and times of, um, I suppose, relief. So being diligent and implementing those and sticking to them is, is really key, I think, in, in maintaining balance. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, definitely um, beneficial to, to plan. And I am a horrible, horrible planner. I'm more of a sporadic guy, you know, after work, be like, hey, let me go to Disneyland for a couple hours. 
Um, so, which I can't really do anymore because they make you do reservations and they're always sold out. So <laughs> I haven't gone Disneyland as much. But um, like, for example, in my job, um, I do, I have a, you, you want to find some kind of tool you can use to to figure out your work. I have a couple tools. One is I use a spreadsheet um, for the majority of our clients because it's just easy for me to just go, okay, this is, in fact, I use green, yellow, red. <laughs> green means that's, that thing's done and it's good. Yellow, it's in process. Red means I got to get it done before the end of the month. Um, but at the same time, you know, and I also use a, a, a Trello board, Trello, 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 Trello board. Trello.com for other things too. And I plan it all out. But of course, um, a lot of things do come up. For example, oh, so like one of our clients' websites got hacked. Well, that's a good, you know, four hour job to to to, to fix or or things like that. Um, so it, it it can get a little crazy on my end. I actually expect at least one some one something a day <laughs> on top of whatever, whatever I do. Like, oh, we got, you know, we gotta fix a server or Oh, we need to do a a keyword report for for a, a upcoming client, or we need to do a, a proposal for a client. Um, so I do expect that now, and that makes things a little easier. It can be very, especially if you don't plan. And in fact, I've learned this in my in my personal life as well. Um, my my significant other, um, she's got everything planned out like three or four months in advance. And the problem is, is I don't plan in advance. And then when I, the time comes, I'm like, oh. Maybe I should have planned some time for me to do stuff because now it's all booked with 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 other stuff. So yeah, planning is is very crucial. I think to make to maintain. I do like your your uh, Sean how you talked about ebbing and flowing and having your core your core uh, values and your core um, job, and then of course expand out when when things are lighter, and then go back in um, when things are are mm-hmm. tougher. Um, but yeah, that's a that's a what difficult thing that I've been trying to to figure out and get you know plan to plan. And it, when it works, it works. Um, I love I, lo- I love checklists. I love doing like step by step. In fact, I do it when I can. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's the project that I do, and it looks it looks impossible, and it looks crazy, and it looks very you know overwhelming. But if I just be like, okay, well, I just need this step, and then this step, and then this step, um, and then I know it's going to get done. It's it's a lot easier to to, to chew and, and you know take advantage of. You know, um, there was something interesting also that you said, Sean, about it's almost like the power of hope is what you what you brought up. There were two things I really wanted to to talk about, which is like your personality and what you, what you like doing, what you're good at doing and kind of leaning into that. But the, the power of hope, you know, the, um, there are two tests. I can only find results or I can only find the, um, the article for one of them right now, but uh, there was a test with rats that were forced to swim and the, the rats would, uh, would drown at the end of 15, about 15 minutes. They would just drown after 15 minutes. But then what a researcher did was he rescued the rat as like when it gave up, he rescued the rat, gave him a rest and then put him back in. And the rat actually would swim for six, up to 60 hours, up to 60 hours um, because it had the hope of being rescued. There was also another test that was done in relation to swimming in darkness. And this is one I can't find versus swimming with light. Um, and the ones that swam with uh with light, they um, swam for up to 24 hours, whereas the ones in darkness uh, quit at, in at some time well under an hour. Um, it was it was it was interesting, and it just kind of um, the the power of hope. As you said, there's a time for rest. There's a time for work. There's a time for being in balance. There's a time for being out of balance. And if you can, maybe a bit of advice is if if you know any of our listeners are feeling this way, like out of balance and not in a, we'll say like a mentally healthy place, 
because of their circumstances. If you can see the light at the end of the tunnel where it's going to change, I think that's something that we all kind of need something like that to latch onto, you know? Um, it's just, uh, you know, without, like, if you see no end to your current situation, something has to change or you're just going to kind of go, you know, lower and lower and, um, you know, fall off that. I don't know. I, I, I want to say fall off the fiscal cliff because that's what Rick sings about. <laughs> we'll just say, you know, you'll, it'll just be, it'll just feel worse and worse, greater and greater. Yeah, the cliff is still there. Just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> scrambling a little by little. <laughs> yeah. well, Andrew, it's interesting that you mentioned these these tests with animals because something I've been looking into just in terms of better understanding marketing techniques. And so I've been looking into behaviorism, particularly around Pavlov and B.F. Skinner, who both did experiments on animals. But one interesting, interesting thing about Pavlov was his experiments with dogs in volume two of his sort of studies is that he sort of was able to show that within animals that there is the conditioned reflex that you can train. Um, and I think this is the difference between taming and training. You can tame animals, uh, but you can you can train humans. But uh, there's obviously overlap in both of those principles. One thing he showed was that by ringing a bell, he could generate uh, dogs to essentially salivate. You could you could train them to salivate by the ringing of a bell. But here's here's a conclusion from a book I've been reading. Um, by a psychiatrist who who actually was um, he fled the Netherlands when the Nazis occupied it, and then he actually worked with the British government in helping them understand propaganda and uh, essentially torture techniques that were being used on the Allies and to sort of navigate that difficult space. But he in, in this book he has a book called The Rape of the Mind to Juice Merlu, and here's a quote about uh, Pavlovian conditioning. I mean, it, is re- it does relate to what you just said about hope, I think, but it kind of taps to something also powerful that I think can help people get through difficult times. So here's a quote. He says, even in laboratory animals, we have found that effective goal directness can spoil the Pavlovian experiment. When during a bell food training session, the dog's beloved master entered the room, the animal lost all its previous conditioning and began to bark excitedly. Here's a simple example of an age-old truth. Love and laughter break through all rigid conditioning. The right automation cannot exist without spontaneous self-expression. Apparently, the fact that the dog's spontaneous affection for his master could ruin all the mechanical calculations and manipulations never occurred to the Pavlovian totalitarian students, because obviously he's talking about prisoners of word. So the fact that where there was motivations of love that could break those kind of totalitarian condition techniques that they were instilling. I think that's, there's an overlap here where if you are going through a difficult time, understanding why you're doing what you're doing and for whom you're doing it, I think it's going to motivate you and help you push through those difficult times or to work out solutions to kind of better manage your time or put in better processes because it's not all about you. It's about somebody else in your life whom maybe someone you're looking after, maybe it's um, someone you care deeply about. So keeping the, those people in your mind, I think it really helps you find creative solutions to problems, but also endure difficult times when you are feeling completely overwhelmed. That's a really good point. Um, I, I found kind of early on in my journey as a business owner, or at the time, I, I wouldn't even consider myself a business owner. I was more like a salesperson that would try to cold call and you know that kind of thing. When I, I had, at, at, this was back in 2010, I made 50 calls per day. That was my goal. And, um, you know, I hated doing that. I hated it. 
some people somehow can make like 300 a day. I, my brain is mush after about 50. It's just not my favorite thing to do, but I needed to make money or starve. So I made those calls and I found that I was much more willing. And this actually, this is around the time that Elder Scrolls Oblivion came out. You know, I would just have a really hard time picking up that phone. And sometimes I would quit and I would just, you know, put my headphones on, put my hood up and act all emo and just play, you know, Oblivion because I just, it was so hard to pick up that phone. It was a million pounds. It's a happy space. Yeah. And I just kind of escaped. I fled, you know, I fled because it was really hard. I hated it and, and all of that. You know, we'll talk about personality stuff in a bit too. But uh, the, what, what I found is that I, my goals were, I want to do this for myself. And I was willing to fail on myself. I was willing to give up when it was all about me. But there came a point where I decided, you know, my wife would, uh, she worked at a preschool and she had a really hard job. She was an assistant director as a pre- at a preschool. And um, it was just, you know, it's a, it's a hard job. She had to be at work by six in the morning. She had to deal with kids age zero to five that were, you know, in a variety of mental states, we'll say. Um, <laughs> and it was just hard work all the time. And I just began to see, you know, I remember one time I, I heard, I made like two calls, put on my headphones, played Oblivion for like eight hours at home. And then I heard her start walking up the stairs. It was like three o'clock. She came back home and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to switch and make it look like I've been working. And I realized like, oh man, I'm, I'm really letting her down because if I just take this a little more seriously, maybe I can get her to quit her job. And you know, with, it, it was this mental change where all of a sudden my goals stopped really be, uh, being about me and started being about her. And then all of a sudden I found myself saying, I hate cold calls, but I can't let Christy down. I have to do these calls. If, if I'm ever going to have a chance to maybe bring Christy home, I'm, I'm never going to be able to do it if I play Elder Scrolls Oblivion right now. And then it, it changed my mindset, made it worth it to endure that hardship. Just like you were saying. So it sounds like the moral of the story is um, first uh, have kids um, <laughs> because then <laughs> your whole life is about them. And then if you can't have kids or don't have kids, then have a significant other. <laughs> that's, a, that's a start for me. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll also say that uh, future you is somebody that you should care about. And present you wants, uh, you know, the hedonist in you will want pleasure, will want to avoid pain and, and that kind of thing. But future you will thank you for the hard work you do today. And, you know, what you may want today is, you know, future you is going to say, man, why did you waste all that time? Why didn't you just spend a little bit more, you know, initiative? Why didn't you, with the time you had, why didn't you spend a little bit more time? And I find writing a letter to future you, or maybe a, a letter to past you, that's kind of a helpful exercise, but that is a person that you will become and if you just, if you work hard for that person, I guess it's a different way of looking at it, but you know, not everybody has soon, you know, like for me, I have seven children and, and my wife and my, my staff that, that all kind of at the end of the day, kind of count on me for, for a lot of things. And it, it's, it's very easy for me to have others motivate me, you know, and others that, that, that help me where I'm weak and, and whatnot. But for somebody that's not really in a position where, you know, they have a whole lot of, of structure that they built. Like I'm a middle-aged dude now. Um, like I have things like that. And, uh, 
But I, I just feel like that future you, you know, it, it matters. And and goals that I just feel like making making your goals about something bigger than you, bigger than yourself, will make them more meaningful. You know, and if if you're in a position where you're kind of almost like in the in the doldrums, you can't can't get out of the doldrums with uh, you know, your current situation, uh, whatever that is, maybe your your goals are not powerful enough or your reason behind or your why is not strong enough. Maybe you need a new reason, a new purpose, a new whatever, you know, the the work that you do has purpose. It's just not powerful enough to get you to to do all the things. So find that why. Find your why. But uh, what what about playtime? Because you know you're talking about how you need to you know, stretch yourself out to you know one little this, one little that, make a few more calls. Um, you know I'm I'm I, I I went to GameStop or I went to GameStop's website, which I'm surprised they're still kicking, but they're kicking. <laughs> and they had a buy one get one free game, so I got me a free Pokemon. I haven't played that in decades. Heck yeah! And man, I am killing it. I am a Poke Master. I want to be a Poke Master. But that's playtime, and I should, probably should be working, uh, you know, like improving myself and doing. Oh, that's a really good point. That's, or, that's a really as good opposed point. to at night, I'm 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 spending time with my significant other or watching the, these weird sci-fi shows, and I'm playing Pokemon. So I I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, first of all, that's a really good point, and definitely very very important to play. I think that there there comes you you're only really able to be efficient. I want to say a certain number of hours in the day. Uh, there are things like the what are the four hour work week and other other books kind of dedicated to this topic of efficiency. Um, and if you sit and you're like, I'm going to do eight hours of work. I hope you have a spreadsheet that needs filling in or something. Like maybe you've got manual work. Maybe you need to form a certain number of bricks for the day. I don't know. And then when you form that many bricks, you're done. Um, you know, maybe you need to break a rock or uproot a tree. And then when you're done with that, you're finished. Maybe you need to seed your field. And when it's finished, it's like, it's easy to, to know when it's finished because you made it all the way through or whatever. But I just feel like you can't work all the time. Your mind needs to do, needs a break. I think that play is really important. It's important for kids. It's important for adults. Uh, it's really important for me. I've got all these board games on my shelf. You know, I've got a bunch of kids that want to play, that want to see daddy. You know, we've got a pool in our neighborhood that needs somebody to make it dirty. And I, I just feel like if you work, you know, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. I think that's where the shining came from. Like if if Jack just played a board game, he wouldn't have tried to murder his family. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the moral of the story is don't waste uh, hardships. I think there's there's a danger where I think a lot of our Western societies is based on hedonism, which can be quite dangerous because I think in life you can't escape things which are unpleasant. You can't escape sweat. You can't escape mm -hmm. hardships. And it's not to try and mitigate those. It's to embrace it and, and use it to shape your character. To jump back on this um, conditioning that I've been looking into and in the psychology B.F. Skinner with his operant conditioning. There's a, a clear link in the show notes, but there's a study done with with I think they're rat two rats. One is satiated, which means it's, it's fully it's fed, and the other is hungry. They've starved it, and they put it in this box. And there's a mechanism which it can dispense food and feed itself. Well, the satiated rat does nothing. It sits there lounging around because it's it's full. It's just content to do nothing. Whilst the hungry rat is is experimenting, is, is searching the room. It's it's 
it's playing with the, the and eventually figures out that it can dispense food. And I think that's a, a you, I don't know if you've seen the meme of hard times create good men, good men create easy times, e- easy times create bad we men, can. bad men create <laughs> hard times. Yeah. And this is sort of like the cyclical, and I think there's a similar principle there mm-hmm. where uh, you also see this with people who inherit like massive amounts of wealth, they have a tendency to squander it and it doesn't actually pass from generation to generation because they got it too easy. They didn't have to work for it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's a principle here as well that we can sort of glean from is that difficulties are designed to shape your character so that you can influence and help others. And I think that's really, really key. That's really what business is. Business is mm-hmm. me helping my customers, but also helping our vendors. And it's, it's sort of like it's it's a system, you develop this system where everyone benefits and society as a whole benefits from your business because you're helping others and so on and so forth. So yeah. I think there's a principle to be learned with looking at these rats. When you when you look at this video in the description, just keep that in mind. You gotta have a little bit of balance in your life. In fact, uh, this is sort of a little off, but there was, I, I, I don't know how true this is. I, I, I believe it's a true story. It's about this fishery that, you know, they, they, they take fish and they ship it to restaurants and they, they ship them in like these big, big, like sort of like, you know, those gas tank trucks you see on the freeway, like big things. And it's just full of water and full of fish. And they take it to the distribution center. And from there it goes to restaurants. Well, one day they get a call from the restaurant saying, Hey, you know, we're going to go to someone else because your fish tastes bland or it's, it doesn't have any flavor. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's not good enough and we want something better. And so we're going to go with this other company and that started happening more and more. And so they decided to do some research to see what's going on. Well, they found out the fish, since it's sitting in that tank all day for multiple days, going across country, doesn't do anything. It just sits there and it's not motivated. It doesn't do anything. And so it just, you know, it, it, it loses its, it loses its leaner, leaner meat, um, becomes more fatty. And so what they did was they did a test where they took the, the tank and they added a predator. And because the predator was in the tank, the fish would swim away from it. And of course, they were very active because they were always constantly watching the predator to make sure they, you know, they wouldn't be eaten. And so they were always, you know, on alert on the move and and, and moving. And now, of course, you know, you, you do lose a couple of fish in the process because the predator <laughs> will get one or two. Oh, but they found out that the flavor of the fish became way better because the fish were active and living an active lifestyle as opposed to just sitting in a tank doing nothing for days. It sucks to be this fish because no matter what you do, you die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In regard to, I wanted to bring something up in regard to the personality. We've been talking about personalities a little bit and what it what it feels like to be out of balance. And, and I wanted to address the concept of personality head on through, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar, you know, our listeners are familiar with um, personality tests. Things like the Myers-Briggs is probably the the most well-known test that I can think of, but there are many. Uh, the DISC profile is my personal favorite. Uh, there's the things like the motivators test, uh, what motivates you, all these things. They're meant for you to kind of understand who you are and how you operate, how you communicate various elements of, of you so that, you know, for like your employer or your family or whatever, you know, you guys can uh, learn to work together better or, you know, that, that sort of communicate better or whatever it is. So there's this, this disc profile. So the four elements of the disc profile or the disc model are these four major behavioral traits. There's dominance, influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness. Um, generally they are, you know, everybody has a certain level of each. And if you, if your dominance score, it goes from like zero to a hundred 
And if your dominant score is very high, then you tend to be very assertive, direct, bold, sometimes um, rude, uh, high in self-confidence. You prefer to lead. A lot of business owners tend to be high Ds, uh, D for dominance, D-I-S-C. Then if it's if it's low, you are more meek. You tend to assert yourself less and you are more uh, willing to, to kind of um, go with the flow. Uh, high and low is not a bad thing. You know, if you're if you're at a hundred, you know, then you're probably, you know, me, I, I don't know. You, you tend to want to know things like in short bursts, like give me the information and then let me do with it what I will. Uh, whereas somebody who is low in dominance, the dominance trait is um, like, they, they may want to hear more like, Hey, tell me about your family though. We can't just meet and talk business only, you know? And so, um, anyway, the I is is called influence. You, they tend people that are high I tend to be very enthusiastic, optimistic, outgoing. They're very social and want to collaborate. I am off the charts here. I personally am like a ninety nine, and I think that might be the highest it goes. I don't know ninety nine or hundred, but I am off the charts. I need to be in social groups. If you meet with me at a convention. I will gain energy from talking with you. I have the superpower of extroversion, I've been told. It does not cost me energy to meet with people. It costs me energy to be alone and work on spreadsheets. Um, and <laughs> so, spreadsheets are fun. Jeez. It's like a huge part of my job. But um, and then there's the S. So the you know, if you're if you're low I, then you're or low influence, you you will generally it's like almost it's like a slider between extroversion and introversion. The uh, people who are low, I, they, they can actually get kind of uncomfortable with too much interaction. Um, so steadiness are the people that like spreadsheets. I actually am pretty high in regard to steadiness. Uh, they're dependable, calm, supportive, stable, and, and consistent. They want, you know, the same, like, they want to eat the same breakfast every day just because they, they know that that's what they, I'm, that's actually how I am. I eat the same breakfast every single day. I try to eat the same lunch every single day. Yeah, I remember you trying to do that at work and that was just weird. I, <laughs> I got Chipotle burrito every day, dude, <laughs> bowl. it was a Chipotle bowl or burrito or whatever. Dude, sometimes extra I would clock. gag, I would <laughs> gag because, oh my gosh, I cannot put another bite of this in my mouth, but I would do it anyway. It's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, um, so the, like people with, that are very steady, they don't like when things change suddenly, they are less spontaneous. I actually tend to be quite spontaneous, but I need steadiness in work. It's really important. Whereas personally, I, you know, like at home, I, I'm less, uh, you know, it's less important for me to have that consistency stability, you know, um, now conscientiousness uh, these people actually are the people who like spreadsheets. Sorry. These are the ones who are like analytical, systematic. They value, um, they're very task oriented people. And so you have this, this D I S C the D and the I tend to be people oriented. The S and the C tend to be task oriented. Um, and you've got, you know, whatever your traits are, you might be, you know, for me, I was like a 50 out of a hundred for dominance, a 99 out of a hundred for, you know, influence. 
uh, 75 out of 100 for steadiness and like a 30 uh, in this conscientiousness, the um, task-oriented systematic type thing. But it all the disk profile also talks about how you have to adjust to for your current situation. And that I think actually relates to something that you said, Sean, about balance. It gives, you know, your or, or talks about your environment. Like um, how must you adjust your behavior to function in the environment that you've been uh, that you're working in? So for example, when I was by myself in the company, I had to design the website, I had to do the SEO marketing, I had to talk to the client, and all of that was really hard, but I found that I actually enjoyed designing websites least. So back in 2014, I made my first hire. The first hire was the person that wanted to design the website. They they were very high in conscientiousness, steadiness, and very low, you know, wanting to, you know, talk to people. And it was one of the best moves ever. My life just became so much better. I was so much happier. And I realized that I had been, I, I, I had to become task oriented and I hated it. And it wasn't my personality to do that. I love dealing with people. And the fact that I had to do all of this because that's how you make money. You do a good job and people want to continue using you. I had to do that. And so one area, long-winded way of explaining that when you feel out of balance and you can't quite understand why, it could be that your natural personality, as, as the DISC profile would explain it, is vastly different from your what you are doing at work. So if you like enjoy if you enjoy the company of other people and you're working in spreadsheets all day and you're not able to talk to others, that's something that can lead to great dissatisfaction in your career. Or maybe opposite, if you love working on spreadsheets, but you know, like if you're Sean but I keep making you take sales <laughs> meetings um, that, you know, doing that too often may actually result in less satisfaction. So I'm not the young whippersnapper I used to be. I'm, I, I got some years on all these guys in our company. Um, but, you know, earlier when I was younger, I was more of a competition and a very social person. So I was heavy on the dominance and influence. And as the years have gone by and I've become older, and more of a hermit. It's I'm more on the other side. I'm more steadiness. I like the consistency. I like to be, you know, have have things that are stable. Um, also, I like, you know, I I like I have my little. You should see all the systems and charts I have for when I do things. I literally am sitting there. I'm analytical. I'm so things have sort of changed. And Andrew has been very supportive of this because before I was like, oh yeah, I'll take care of that. Call everyone, and you know, and now it's like oh, my anxiety is killing me. And I can't do it. I'm dying over here. And then you're like, well, can you do this tat? Oh yeah, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's almost like you have no anxiety. uh, And then I ask you to do something that sounds horrible. And you're like, oh no, it's happening. The anxiety is coming. It's like, all right, never mind. Never mind. I'm blaming myself on you. (laughs) It makes me sick. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's important, I think, to, to recognize what people like doing. You know, there are certain, like, I know there are certain types of bosses. I'm sure we've, all had one that have been like, well, you got to do this. That's your job description. You're going to do it. And, you know, if you don't want to do it, then you can get out and someone else will or whatever. Uh, but I don't, I don't yeah, think that's a smart way to do it. I don't know what's going on over here. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you know, for so many reasons, I can't replace you. First of all, who else would be the, the wizard on the team? So anyway, what do you think, Sean? What do you think about this disc profile? Where would you 
place yourself, what would you guess that you're good at? Well, just in terms of uh, how we structure our work, it, it reminds me of Valve, who in a similar fashion, don't really have any sort of set in stone job descriptions of people. And they uh, don't have any hierarchy. So you kind of just adapt to where your proficiencies naturally go. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting. And they, that obviously works well for them. They're one of the most successful video game you know, publishers in, in the world. I don't, I don't really know. This is my, something I kind of see myself in all of them. <laughs> but um, I, as Richard said, it, it probably uh, depends on the, the circumstance, the environment, uh, the season. So I think you kind of you kind of have to put on different hats at different times and and just get things done. Yeah, that that is true. When you know, if you were to take the disc profile test, you would have to choose a mode. Um, I'm choosing it for work, or I'm choosing it for home. I would imagine, as a father of uh, you know multiple children you would have to have a higher dominance score uh, working personally than you may have in a work environment. Because if you don't, if you're not assertive with, with children, sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, you just will be a puddle of water on the floor. They'll, they'll run all over you. When it comes to work, um, there's a really good book. I've, I've listened to the audiobook many times because it's not a, it's not a very long read. I think on the audiobook it's like four hours. Anyway, it's by Cal Newport. Um, if you guys get a chance and it's called a world without email. And this is more business related for those of you who have businesses and stuff, but he goes over like ways companies and, and, and have changed email, you know, used to be important. Like if it was something urgent, they'd send you a message saying, Oh, this is and it gets done. And now it's more like of a, he's saying it's more like a message thing. Like you just forward an email, you send it whenever you want, you know, Oh, it's looked, it's, you know, it's 1am in the morning, but I'm just going to send them an email. And, you know, so um, it talks about how companies try to, get away from email and other various ways, you know, they, they try to do things like, uh, for example, one of them is like, you know, use, they use this, I thought was pretty cool. This one guy, his company's mostly, he does a lot of media production. So he'll post things and, you know, he'll, they'll produce videos for like YouTube and, and for other social media markets. And they use a trailer, bo trailer board. Um, everybody, and he also has spreadsheets, which I have those too. Um, but everybody has like a, either a section in the spreadsheet or a part of the trailer board. And, so like now his business is a little more fluid it's or it's a little more structured so like instead of sending an email saying oh here's the files for this here's this and that like each person has their you know like like we were talking about how they have your core thing and then of course as it if, if you need more work you expand out but if it's busy you go to the core and each person in in the company he's hired has a core uh specific project in the in the uh almost like an assembly line and so like for example let's say he's got to make a video so he'll make the video and then, of course, he has to send it to the editor. So once, so he doesn't send a message. It goes into um, a, a file sharing thing, and it actually alerts the person. And so when they see it, they go, "Okay, now it's my turn." And they do their thing, and it goes on the next, and it goes on the next. And he says, "I never send out any emails. I don't have to send any reminders. I don't have to, you know, we don't have to have group meetings. Um, literally, it's it, we've we've structured it so where, you know, everything's a step, and it goes on to the next person. And he's all, I can, you know, I can do this video." And in about a couple of days, I'll have the finished product because it goes from person to person to person. And there's a person that does like the social media and sends, formats it for every social media, you know, site and things like that. And I think that's a really cool thing to do, you know, structure wise. I think it's um, that is important uh, setting up systems. Um, I, I, I read an interesting book uh, recently called The Managerial Revolution. It was really just a theory that this uh, social scientist devised in sort of the 1940s of where society was going. And you're saying that society was moving more towards a managerial structure where it wasn't necessarily the 
the capitalists or the people who own things that would become dominant in society, like those who own land or own property or own businesses necessarily. It's those who know how to manage them or know the technology or how to utilize the technology or systems within those enterprises. So I think there, there, there's, uh, and what you're saying, Richard, there's a lot of overlap where it's, it's those who are able to leverage data and to automate and um, optimize processes, I think are going to sort of come up on top of our um, economy in the long run because they understand efficiency and how to maximize productivity within systems. Pretty awesome. I, you know, I'll, I'll also say um, there's a disk profile personality test that's free. If you go to truity.com, you can find the disk personality test. Highly encourage you to take it. We'll include a link in the show notes. Should show you how you adapt to your environment and what your natural personality is and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, it's it, if you are feeling permanently out of balance and you just can't find a way to get back into balance, look at what it is that you're doing for work and try to figure out, you know, maybe even through the disk profile test why that, you know, where the disparity is, you know, if you are dealing with people all day and that's not your, you know, that's not your thing, maybe the disc profile test will confirm that. And you might even be able to slide into, uh, you know, adjust your role a little bit so that you're a little more satisfied in what it is that you do. Um, you know, for, for me in, in work, how can I embrace what I love to do? And, you know, it'll just make me more productive if I can do more of what I love. And so even in work, that's what I try to do. So um, anyway, hopefully this information was useful and it, it helps somebody out there. Guess we'll have, oh my goodness, we don't even need to use Robot Richard today. What? <clears throat> this is the end of the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Anyway, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. If you enjoyed our podcast and your favorite podcast player does not go back to episode zero, visit us at crowdfundingnerds.com and check the episode section. We also have a really good program for those of you who need a little more help in your crowdfunding journey. It's also at crowdfundingnerds.com forward slash course. And that will uh, take you to our course page uh, where we can uh, get you the ultimate kickstarting marketing for your game. And as always on Facebook, you can check us out at Crowdfunding Nerds. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash crowdfunding nerds. And one more thing, because we got so much exciting things going on. If you're interested in checking out how well our client games are doing, well, you can go to crowdfundingnerds.com forward slash upcoming dash games. That is upcoming dash games. And you can check out some of our active clients uh, crowdfunding uh uh, things that are going on, maybe you can learn a thing or two from them. So uh, we got that going as well. And until then, stay awesome, stay classy, and of course, stay nerdy. Peace out.